Aloha, this is One God Church Online's podcast. I'm Reverend Enoch, and I have your title. Alarmed. Alarmed. Yeah, a lot of us can relate to that. We might be alarmed at what's going on now. But let's begin this little journey here, and I believe you'll be blessed by this. Some of the, uh, some of the content in here might be slightly graphic, so I'll warn you uh, ahead of time. And uh, I'm just telling the story exactly the way that I know it to be. And, uh, you know, life just shows up sometimes. And um, whether you've been in accidents or things like that, you know, there's onsets of, of repercussions for things that happen in life. So with that being said, let's enter into this and, and follow along with me as I believe that you'll be blessed by this story. Uh, and uh, you can see that there is something here for you that God might be trying to tell you something. And indeed, I believe God is calling us. Truly, to to come to uh, to come to the fight. Yeah. So we should be alarmed. Church is changing, and is and is even in the past few years. I mean, how are we going to preach God's words, God's word today in today's culture? You know, as as we progress in life. I mean, pretty soon you're going to have to have a circus to to actually have church. You know, to get through to people. I mean, we are still hung up on race and separation in society. The, the rich get richer and the poor die young. The old are, are cast aside. You know, and I mean, there's other things that go with this, but there are some truths to that. The, the, the young do get richer. The young, there's things happening that are positive. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, but there is also something behind the scenes in a story that is not told or is often told but overlooked. And the older cast aside. During the pandemic, our elders were unplugged off life support and literally thrown into the street. Um, we really were seeing seeing people for who they were in the past few months of the lockdown. In the past, in the past few months, in the first few months of the lockdown, uh, we really saw who people really were. We saw we saw uh, parts of people that we didn't see before. We saw them for who they might really be, because I believe that we're tested in those kinds of things, and it shows us who we really are. What kind of person are you really when, you know, when you hit a bump in life? When you get angry, when you're in pain, what do you do? Do you take it out on other people? So here in Hawaii, we saw the aloha bra turn to a hate and everyone blamed Trump. And uh, unless you're brown, it's sad to say that we were called to come together, but we are teaching the children to hate white people. You know the haoli here in, in Hawaii. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but you're going to hear it right now if you just follow along with me, please, because you will be blessed by this. Uh, you can go anywhere here, and, and the young children and even the older people will make fun of you because you're white, because you're haoli. You can go to a party, you can go anywhere, and it will be mentioned of the haoli. And not on the, not on the grounds of what it's supposed to be, but because of your skin. And so we see this all over the world, no matter what your color is, we see uh, people making fun and being mean to people. And it's not just the kids. The disease of hate is, 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 it holds us all back from being the strong world we need to be, to love one another. Not, not only the Philippines, Hawaiian, black, Latin, or white, not Russian, you know, Irish, Chinese, Japanese, European, Indian, Jewish, Arabian, and so on and on. I mean, there's so much. And, and we're all turned against each other. We're making fun of each other in a hateful mindset. Not in a, ooh, I want to laugh, 
but something more darker than that. If you really get down to what it really is going on. And especially when we put garbage inside us, the mindsets of those who are in the dark streets that are telling you the story and trying to get their message across, which ends up being a message of hate, ironically enough. Now, no matter what platform we're looking at, rock, rap, country music, whatever it is, we will see footprints of this hate. We are called to be of but one church, one body, one mind. That means we're supposed to come together and love each other. Our true path is being set on the back burner, and some of us have even turned it off, just despite, and have hardened, have, have hardened ourselves, angry heart, because of a Tupac song, or, or an ACDC song, or a, or a Power Man 5000 song, or, a, or some kind of a, you know, some kind of a hate song. You know, we could just look at so many things. Not to say that those things are bad, but when we, when we get into what's really there, it's destroying our minds. There's hate there. We, we, so, so we do this and we pour a bowl of cereal and we slam our door like a rebellious teenager, you know, and, 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 and shut them all out and we embrace the street we would never walk on. When I was, uh, when I was in grade school in, in North Fort Myers, Florida, there were two African-American students, Shay and Sean, they were twins. They would get bullied at school every day. One time I saw something happening outside. I wasn't really supposed to go outside, but I quickly went out. I saw Shay getting choked by one of, these, by one of the uh, school students. He was being uh, choked by the swing set chain. And so I quickly ran out and, and I just came flying through the air and kicked the boy and started beating him up. I used uh, my martial arts to, to beat the bully. I beat him up pretty bad uh, and I got suspended. I almost got expelled. I returned to school and I heard some noise in the music. This is right after I returned from school, from being suspended. I heard some noise and commotion going in the auditorium where the Cub Scouts would do their meetings and stuff. And they would hold them in there. And I saw that uh, Shay and Sean were getting beaten up. I went totally nuts. I wrecked shop. I mean, 28 uh, Cub Scouts. I used every bit of rage I could muster up and beat everyone. Nobody left in that room without a punch or kick from me. While Shay and Sean were indebted to me, uh, it didn't stop the principal from expelling me. I got expelled from school. I even thought that if I gave her this, I was given this gift, it was a collector's item of Michael Jackson. And I thought, well, if I give this to her, you know, that, you know, she'll probably let me off from being, you know, suspended. Plus, I, I, I actually fought for two African-American kids. I think that maybe she'll give me a good way to go because she was African-American as well. So I told her the story and, and Shay and Sean told the story. And sure enough, I was, you know, somewhat in the right. But as far as rules go in school, it didn't pan out. I got expelled. My mom had to send me back to my dad in Ohio, which for me was not good. I did never like staying with my dad because of my stepmother. She was abusive, severely abusive. Uh, it was bad. Uh, you know, it was so bad. You should never have to be stripped. You should never have to strip a child naked and beat them until they bleed to correct them. And ironically enough, most of the time I, I was taking the heat from the from my step siblings. You know, most of the time I didn't really even do anything. I just. I just looked the part, you know. 
And not to say that I was innocent, because I was a kid and we all make mistakes. But anytime anything happened, it was severe punishment. I mean, kicked downstairs, you know, all kinds of stuff. I had to even be uh, taken out of school because of the bruises so that they wouldn't get in trouble. It was just a bunch of stuff. You know, but not to get in this self-pity thing, but I suffered a bit living with them in Ohio for sure. A couple of years went by and my stepmom said one early morning, and I believe you'll get a, a good laugh out of this. She said, we're moving to Hawaii. My dad quit his job at General Motors a year and a half before his retirement. They were to use the money to buy two travel trailers and sell one of their four houses. They had four houses. Uh, the others, uh, the, and, and you know, use the others and drive to Hawaii because Jesus said so. Uh, she even convinced three other families to go because Jesus told her that we were to drive to Hawaii and we could live on the beach there and live a perfect life. And so we were all set to leave, you know, like maybe a couple weeks before. And then Jesus ironically changed his mind. And Jesus said, wait a minute, I didn't know that there was a bridge that there was no bridge to drive from the mainland to Hawaii. So Jesus changed his mind and sent us to Florida. Okay, so follow me here. It's a little bit lengthy, I get it. I ended up at the high school in Lakeland, in Lakeland High School, the land of the sharks. And guess who was at the school? Shay and Sean, the twins. I was excited to, reu uh, to reignite, reunite, I'm sorry, with these two brothers here that were just good-hearted kids and, and my friends. And I was indebted to them. I was a hero in the school. They called me Johnny Quick. I was the Ninja Kid, the Ninja John. There were so many nicknames, the, the hero, the, all these things. And it was just kind of weird, but it's, it's what, what I got for what I did, you know. And, and here's where it got odd for me, you know. They, they showed the students this Root, the Roots movie. I'm sure you've all heard of it. And it started a riot. And you could look this up. And I would have to look at the exact year again. But I'm, you could look this up of a school riot in Lakeland High School after they showed the Roots movie. And you'll see that it actually happened. You know, teachers stabbed with pencils. Shay and Sean were fighting me. And, and all the African students were attacking the white students. I couldn't even fight back. I was so hurt inside. I, I, I couldn't do anything. I, I just just so shocked by what had happened, the people that I were taking. I didn't understand. I didn't understand. I didn't want to understand why all the people I'd fought for had turned on me in rage. And to see the rage in their eyes, that these people that I, that I fought for, I loved and I protected. You know, I even got stabbed in the arm with a pencil. And, uh, you know, as I sat at the outside the main doors on these uh, steps, or these planter colonnades, uh, the sirens were going off along with panic, teachers running out with pencils, and it was just horrid. It was just crazy. I was crushed. Things, uh, things were never the same after that day. I mean, can you imagine how Jesus felt? <laughs> can you imagine how Jesus felt? Many occurrences in Scripture state that Jesus healing, doing good, and being chastised, mocked, and plotted against. I mean, even crucified. Yeah? How crazy that is. People that he was fighting for turned against him. I mean, I'm not trying to say that it was Jesus, but we can relate sometimes in our life. They plotted against him. Like in the Scripture in Matthew, uh, stating in verse 10, uh, and a man with a shriveled hand was there, 
Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they ask him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? This is in Matthew uh, chapter 10. Uh, And he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And so he stretched out his hand and it was completely restored. Just just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. I'm sorry, that was in Matthew 12, verses 10 through 14. I was reading out the Amplified. Isn't it funny how when you do good, it seems to go, it doesn't go unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished, we see. But there's a flip side to this because when God enters the room, when the kingdom of God steps into the room, everything changes. Waters part, water turns into wine, things happen, people are healed, the dead are raised. Every time Jesus did, did good, the opposers were there plotting against him and mocking him. I believe it is time to stop letting Christianity be bullied around. We must stand up and come back to truth love and following Jesus. Not race, not culture, not society. We have a holy, infallible God looking right at us in the face. Maybe he's saying, what are you doing? Or what are you going to do? You know, but as a loving father, not not chastising you and not criticizing you, but say, "What what are you doing? Or what are you going to do? I want to challenge you today, today, Let's praise God together. Let's come together and have church. Not white church, not black church, not Latinos church, not Philippines church or Filipino church, not European or Europeans church, not this one, not Greek church, not that church, not orthodoxy, not this, not Catholic. Let's have church. And let's all be followers of Jesus and seek God's face as he looks ever so lovingly into your face. Into your face. The child he sees you to be loved, cared for, provided for. He is worthy. He must be worshipped in spirit and in truth, not in spirit and error. And that's the problem, I think, with what we're doing with church today is that we're, we're, we're having church, we're having spirited worship, but it's in error. It's not in spirit and truth, it's in spirit and error. And so we must praise him. You know, it, it, here, here we hear this. It's like, you know, praise him for your breakthrough it is manipulative. You know, praise God for your breakthrough. Praise God for your miracle. We have shortened our attendance to church by bypassing everything about God for the word we need. So we bypass the the praising Him because He's worthy to be praised and we're praising Him for a breakthrough that hasn't happened yet. We're, We're praising Him for it to rain when it hasn't rained yet. God wants us to praise Him because He's worthy to be praised. Not to manipulate Him with our praise by trying to manipulate him to make it rain manipulate him to to have finance come to us manipulate us to to have our tire not be flat to 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 have that job that breakthrough come through no god wants to move in your life 
we have to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto us. God wants to move in your life, but we're, we're, getting, wrong, we're getting the wrong focus. And, and, and there's all this hocus pocus, this witchcraft, there's all this demonic activity going on and it's derailing us. And then we end up with a hardened heart, hating each other, turning our anger towards each other instead of facing ourselves in the mirror, putting ourselves in check and planting our feet in faith and praising the God who deserves to be praised because he is worthy to be praised. We have shortened our attendance to church by bypassing everything for a word or a need that we need. We skip the praise and worship. We skip the offering and let's get to my word. Wait a minute. Let's get past all this. I just want to hear the word that God has for me. Or wait a minute. When do I get that new car? Wait a minute. When does my bank account get open? No, God is worthy to be praised. Seeking his hand and, and we don't want anything to do with anything else. Praise. Don't miss this. God is a jealous God and He is worthy. Many people see followers of Christ's ministry, ministers, believers that share God's word and we live our lives and we share. Of course, we have, we make mistakes and people look at those instead of looking at God. Stop looking at the man and look at the God that is standing behind you, tearing down all the walls, breaking down those strongholds healing the sick, raising the dead. The only thing that's missing is us being present in that, praising God and moving out in faith with a boldness, with a boldness for Christ. Believers uh, that share God's word in our lives, we share our tables, our hearts, what we give when we cannot give. We serve when it's painful. We fight and we end up in trouble, blocking abortion clinics and etc. You know, standing out and having rallies and, and pickets and, and, and these things and, and trying to block these, these hateful activities. And then we end up in trouble over doing these things. The same kind of people are here today. Like in the Bible times, the naysayers, the mockers, witchcraft, murderers, terrorists, this battle is God's. It's time you put on the golden armor of truth and stand for the fight. This battle will be the biggest war known to man. We face ad adversity every corner. We will, uh, we will have to fight even ourselves before we can even go to sleep at night. We must win. We cannot fail. If we stop praying, if we stop seeking God, if we stop studying His Word, longing for a relationship with Him and praising His name, then we lose. Wait a minute, what do we lose? We lose our faith. Our faith in a God who, who will see us through anything. The God who is our strength, our Redeemer, our Healer, our God who is worthy to be praised. Wait, but God already won the battle over over evil. Jesus defeated death by death on the cross. Yes, indeed, that is correct. But this battle is for your faith. The enemy is a thief and he's a good thief. A thief can pick your pocket and you won't, you won't ever know it until one day you ask yourself or you ask God, how come I'm not happy anymore? How come I don't have those butterfly feelings in my stomach towards my wife or my husband? 
How come I don't feel the joy? How come it doesn't feel the same when I go out into nature? How come fishing isn't the same? How come I'm so bitter? What happened to the child in me? Did I turn into, did the Peter Pan go away? Is my dreams gone? Did I settle for something else? No, you were robbed. Where did your zeal go? Where did my strength go? Yeah. And, and, and instead of now, where did the butterflies go in my stomach where he or she speaks, my wife, my girlfriend, my friend, those people that you loved? And instead now when the person speaks, I'm annoyed. Yep, it's because the devil stole it from you. And you were trying to probably protect yourself from death or, or something like that. You were, you were looking the other way. You were distracted by some other kind of protective force, some walls that you put up by being hurt before. Whatever the circumstance, we have been stolen from. And he even planted seeds of doubt, hate, self-pity, and so much more all around us. So what then? What do we do, Reverend Enoch? We kick open the door to the auditorium and we beat every Cub Scout that is abusing Shay and Sean. Getting, by getting on our knees before God and praying for each other, for our world, for our world, our leaders, our teachers, our enemies, and we follow Jesus Christ. The Bible says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is at near. Heal those who are ill. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And that's found in Matthew 10, chapter 10, verses 7 through 8. I'm reading now the NIV. To sum it up, you will always have naysayers, opposition, like Jesus in Matthew 12. And many signs and wonders will be performed. People will speak ill of you. Everything you must do, we, we must pray for, uh, for them that harm and, that would, and then the harm that would come to them. We must praise God and boldly speak without unbelief in our faith. We must be ready for this war. We are called and now deployed. Get your sword out and study it, the Word of God. Speak it and live it. Hold fast, never quit. Defend the truth. Defend the truth, not your ego. Defend the truth, not your pride. Defend the truth of God by getting into the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Don't go out in your pride and go lash out at people because your pride is hindered. You're supposed to love one another. supposed to love one another so we must pray and, and 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 pray some more and ask for help and ask God to 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 and seek God first and ask him firstly we must speak boldly and tactfully and don't get lost in the hate and that's that's not it we must love and show love we must have faith we must have faith must have faith as we look into these stories as we went into Matthew we were seeing that Jesus that the people were trying to trick him that they were trying to stump him up 
And as, as I look in 1 Kings chapter 13, we hear of, Now behold, there came a man of God from Judah to Bethel, by the word uh, command of the Lord, while Jeroboam was standing uh, by the altar which he had built uh, to burn incense. And the man cried out against the, the uh, adulterous altar, by the word of, of the Lord, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, the son shall be born of this house of David, Josiah, by name. And on you shall he sacrifice the bodies of the priests of the high places who burn incense on you. And human bones shall be burned on you. Now follow me here. This has a point. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. And when the king heard these words, which the man had cried out against the altar of Bethel, Jeroboam, Jeroboam put out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! And his hand, which he had put out against him, withered so that he was unable to pull it back to himself. The altar was also split apart into ashes were poured out from the altar, according to which the sign the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said, you know, to the man of God, please entreat the favor of the Lord, the Lord your God, and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me so that so the man of God entreated to the Lord and the and the king's hand was restored to him because uh, and it became as it was before and, and this is what I'm saying is that is that there are going to be people that are naysayers there's going to be people that are going to lash out against you and the thing is is that if they're living in sin God is still there he, they would be under the law we're not under the law but under the grace we're under grace the new law is for us to love one another and to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our spirit, with everything we got. And then we're supposed to love one another, not be lashing out at each other. And, and the biggest thing that we have is our pride, our egos, and all of that wrapped in. You say, wait a minute, that could be the same thing. Yeah, but it could all be separate. These are entities that are against us and we have to battle them. We're trying to fight each other. We look at our skin color. We look at, you don't like this guy because he has red hair, this guy because he has brown hair. You got blue eyes, you got green eyes, you got brown eyes, you got brown skin, you, you, whatever it is. And we lash out at each other and hate. And God wants us to come together as one body, one mind, one church. And he wants us to have church. He wants us to praise him. He wants us to show up for the praise, the full. He wants us to have church, true church. He wants us to be the church, to come together loving one another, praising a holy and an awesome God, offering Him praise, and then giving what we can give so that others can have what they do not have, so that others can eat, so that others can have a house. Instead, we look at it all different. We go tuck ourselves in our own corner and get everything that we want. And we don't even show up for the fight. A battle is among us. And I say again, it is time to put on the golden armor of God. To take up that shield of faith. To take it up. The shield of faith is heavy. It's not an easy fight. Following Jesus is not easy. Many people, it's very hard to read the Word of God. 
but that's just an excuse because it's written in nearly every language and it could even speak to you. And we spend our time watching the news or, or scrolling through social media. We don't even give God the time of day. Like I said, we put it on the back burner and we go and, and you know, we, we could have a great meal, but instead we pour a cold bowl of cereal and go listen to a hate song. And we're fighting for someone who's not even there instead of fighting someone who come down from the cross and rose again. We need to fight the good fight and race the true race, not race of skin color, creed or anything like that, but make the, the true race of following Jesus. May you make it on this path. May you choose this path. May you truly follow Jesus, not just be a fan, but be a follower. Oh, I have Jesus Christ in my heart. I'm going to heaven. Oh, really? Because the Bible says different. The Bible says different. Yeah. Are we going to stand before God himself? And then he says, depart from me. I never knew you say, but wait a minute. I asked you into my heart. Wait a minute. I was a good person. I worked 40 hours a week. I provided for my children. I did all these great things. But did you heal the sick? Did you go pray for the needy? Did you go give to the needy? Did, did you go speak my word? Did you go tell people about the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? It's simple. It's written in every language. You have no excuses. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. You have a chance and you have a choice. You want to be a fan or a follower? It's your choice. Speak boldly. Speak boldly and tactfully. We don't want to go out around spreading hate. We don't want to speak out of a hateful tongue. We want to speak out of a loving tongue and in a loving nature of God. When we seek God and ask for His help because we can't do it alone because we're mean people. We have anger inside us. We have pasts that haunt us. We have hands that, that are trained for battle. Our minds are trained for battle. The first thing we do is lash out at hate against each other. And the last thing we do is ever think about loving each other. As men, we think it's sissy to love each other. When that's the first thing we should choose is to love one another. To pick up the other end of the pole and help. Instead of cowering in a corner and holding on to our pride and just waiting to get that sucker punch. We're putting too much on our plate and we're getting lost in the hate. And we're supposed to be loving one another. We must have faith. We must have faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. I can't see it. I can't either. I can't see it. I can't either. I don't have the answers. I don't either. But God does. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence. We ask you, Father God, to come and heal our hearts, heal our minds, heal our hands and our bodies. Father God, let us boldly speak your Word. Let us do exactly what you say for us to do to go preach your word, to lay hands on the sick, to anoint them with oil, Father God, to raise the dead, Father God, to have the faith to stand behind and boldly speak, to go help the people that are in need and to preach your good news, Father God. 
not to preach politics, not to preach our race, not to preach our creed, not to preach our culture, but to preach your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, gift us and anoint us, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. We pray for a monsoon of the Holy Spirit to just reign and fill us up in our lives. Everywhere where we lack, come and speak to us. Everywhere that we messed up the pray, whether we prayed incorrectly, the Holy Spirit would come and correct that. If we have groanings inside, not lazily, but He comes and corrects all that that we've messed up. Lord, that You will make straight the things that we've made crooked. We've said a lot of bad things. We've done a lot of bad things. We've acted out of anger. We've done, we've messed up in our lives. We all have. Deliver us from our flesh, Father God. And set us on the path that you see fit for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In nomine Padre, e Filii, Spiritus Santos. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Both now and ever unto ages of ages. Again, put on the golden armor. I see it. I see true warriors of Christ standing up for a battle that's going to take you getting on your knees before God and praying for your enemies. Praying for the people that speak against you because their hand is going to wither. Their tongue is going to wither. They're going to be in mid-sentence trying to speak against you and their mouth will be shut because God will not be mocked. The battle is coming. The battle's been going on for years, for centuries. And now it's time that we get plugged into the Word of God, get on our knees before God and pray. Pray for our neighbors, pray for, pray for ministry, pray for our leaders, pray for the world. In Jesus' name that we do that. In Jesus' name that we do that. May you truly walk into this dark world carrying the light of the gospel forevermore. And don't stop. The anointing is on you. The anointing is on you. Don't stop. hope that you were blessed by this message. I hope that God spoke to your spirit. God spoke to where you're at or maybe some things that you're going through. Some, some things that might got, of, uh, got taken out of context or, or maybe they were misunderstood the way that it was spoken through the message. Like we should pray for our enemies, you know, when harm may come to them. Not, not so that harm will come to them. By all means, we don't want anything to happen to them. That's why we will pray for them because there will be people that will speak against you, people that will come against you, and you will need to pray for them so that no harm will come to them. Because God is a sovereign, a loving, and a just God. But it doesn't mean that if someone's in sin and they're against you and they're doing horrible things and, and they're plotting against you, that God will not drop the gavel and then something may happen in their lives. The Bible clearly states after the, the man was healed, after the leper was healed, that he said, now go on and, and sin no more or something worse may happen to you. So that's what I'm getting at is that, you know, God is a just God 
and and it, the battle is his and, and the fight is his it's not ours it's on his field and so I don't want us to be saying what I'm not saying I don't want us to be kicking in doors and going and and being some vigilante and spreading hate oh no I want us to be take all the energy of of racism that we all have been impacted by whatever whatever side of the fence whether you've been the one who's been the bully or you've one been the one who's been bullied whether you've been, had a life of abuse and then you take it out on your own children or the people around you know that we take all that energy that of the, all those bad things that have happened in our life and we get on our knees and we use that energy to bow down to the God that holds our blood red destiny in the palm of his awesome hands it's our choice to choose God to pray for our enemies if you want life to unfold the way that in the direction and go to through the trajectory that you want you got to pray we must pray for everyone around us and truly ask ask God to teach us how to pray so that we can be who he wants us to be so that we can see people the way that God sees them the loving God that he is because they can repent and change their ways the people who have opposed you the people who have hurt you the people who have hurt you in the past they can change we must forgive them and move on and press forward in our life and let God be God I pray that you're blessed by that and a monsoon of the Holy Spirit just reigns in your life and fills you up in each and every aspect of your life. Get into the Word of God and faith without works is dead. We have to be doing something. Do something. Pray. Get on your knees. Sow seeds into people's life. Go tell the story, the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. May you be blessed.